Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. It's Friday morning. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We've got a jam-packed program today. We're going to be talking about the jobs report after the break. We've got a guy that's got a lot of insight. He's been on the program before, and we're looking forward to David Land, who is a certified financial analyst and uh, will give us an enormous amount of information. He's a portfolio manager, Jeremy, so he's going to help us get some insight to what this jobs report, what's grease going on, all those type subjects that I think most of our listeners will find to be, or all of our listeners will find to be interesting. Yeah, it's great to get an update uh, from David and what's going on in the world, what's going on in the market, and just, uh, you know, everyday uh, yeah, just, financials. Just it's to kind of get an idea of what's really happening, and I think it's always good to have. But in the second half of the program, we have two of our young advisors that do a phenomenal job with young people today, and we thought it would be very appropriate in the second half of the program because these guys are educating that young person that almost, if they're not careful, gets kind of caught where they're falling through the cracks because said nobody is saying, hey, I want to go talk to that person. They don't have a lot of money to invest. They, they've got fundamentals. They need to get started. But uh, these guys have really focused on that, and I appreciate what they do. So we'll be talking with them in the second half of the program, and that's Stan Brown and Josh Nick. So that'll be a great program, too. Absolutely. But we always start with a couple of uh, facts. It's Friday, facts for Friday. So tell me a little bit about what you got for some facts today. Sure. So we were talking about, you know, getting an update from the market, and, you know, it's starting out up, and we'll talk to David more about that. But, you know, one statistic talking about flip-flopping, and we talk about this all the time, that uh, things move back and forth. Some things are at the top, some things are at the bottom, and they are always uh, flip-flopping. So one flip-flop statistic is 22 individual stocks of the S&P 500 that finished in the bottom 20% last year are in the top 20% of the performers year-to-date. So what that's saying is short-term, 2014 to year-to-date, Things have changed in flip-flop uh, this year. And since the, since the year end of 2014, the number one performing stock of the S&P 500 has fallen 4.2%. And that's the day. number one stock in um, 2014. 2014 is down 4.2% year-to-date as of April the 30th. And then the... L- Worst performing stock is now the top performer. Wait a minute, the number five hundred stock. Number is... five hundred is up two point eight percent. Wow, that's so that's flip, how yeah, yeah that's, that's how the flip flop happens. Flopping you're talking about. Of course, everybody knows investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than they were when the original investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results. And we have to always keep that in mind. And securities and investment advisory services for our program, you need to know this, are offered through Security and Financial Services, a member of FINRUN SIPC. And Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated in Nevada's Capital Management, who is our one of our the guests that's going to be with us in a few minutes. And Security and Financial Services are affiliates. So we need to make sure that everybody knows that. But we'll have David Land coming up in a few minutes. Anything else that you got on as far as uh, facts on Friday? 
Well, I think one of the interesting things that we've talked about, too, and lately, you know, we've talked about internationally and we've talked about the dollar and we've talked about imports and exports. Well, the four countries, the top four countries that are exporters of merchandise, that's China, Germany, Japan and the USA, of course, are are also the top They're the top importers, but also the top exporters. And so when you're talking about who's the big world's number one exporter, well, everybody should know that. Because if you look at anything that you buy and you look at the bottom, <laughs> what does it say? Yeah. It says made in China. Yeah. So they're the number one exporter, but the, also the USA is the number one M- importer. Right. Importer. So very interesting on all the buying and selling and where it's going on. But China might be selling everything, even though the U.S. is in the top four, but the U.S. is always buying well, the key thing is keeping in mind that that fluctuates, but we're always watching what's the trade deficit like. David Land's going to talk about that with Advantage Capital. We have a couple of great session things that we've got to ask him. What about Greece? Because we're in the midpoint. You know, by June the 30th, they're going to have to make a decision. Are they going to file for bankruptcy? Can they sustain this? He's going to answer that question for us. And the jobs report has come out. It's better than what some people were expecting. And I think we're going to find out that it's not the greatest uh, – Indicator, but it's an indicator that a lot of people watch. It doesn't drive the market, but it does uh, indicate to us what things are going on as far as the economy is concerned. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a few minutes. We're going to take a break for traffic weather, and we'll be back with David Land from Advantage Capital. He's a certified financial analyst. You do not want to miss what he's going to tell us about the economy coming up and right after this message. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We have David Land with us this morning. He is a frequent guest for our, of ours. He is the CFA, a Vice President Portfolio Manager for Total Return. He's uh, that uh, fixed income guy at uh, Advantage Capital. I want to remind everybody, Securing Financial Services and Advantage Capital is our affiliates, and uh, that'll be something that you'll just have to keep in mind as we listen to Advantage Capital Management Portfolio Manager, Mr. David Land. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, we've just gotten the jobs report. Kind of, uh, you know, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis to it, and yet you hear on the street that some say, yeah, it's just a number. It's not a good indicator. Uh, but it does tell us a little bit about what's going on with the employment. And so what do you think? What do you mean? It was about what everybody – the market's reacting to it, I can tell you that. And yet it wasn't that stellar. It wasn't that great. So your thoughts? Yes, sir. I, I think you're right. It was. It was kind of in line with expectations, in line with – with where we have seen jobs created in the U.S. in about the same number. So no real surprises there, Jim. I think what may have disappointed people, wages were a little disappointing. We've seen a lift in in wages, and that's good. 
I think most people deserve uh, to make a little bit more money than they did. So that's very good, but not quite what people were expecting in terms of wage growth. And let's face it, Jim, when people go to spend, they spend what's in their pocket, and, and that's all tied to how much they make at work. But do you think, David, the reality, though, if you look back, I mean, do we think that the jobs report is the is a great indicator? I mean, so many people seem sometimes to hang their hat on that number, and yet it gets adjusted multiple times. And is it a number that we really says that it moves the market? Does that number really have that big of an impact long term about the market? You have uh, a lot of great points there. So let's take them one at a time. Every economic number that the government releases usually subject to, to revisions, and, and the payroll number, which is released by the Department of Labor, uh, is subject to massive revisions. So you're correct about that. But I think if you look at a trend uh, over three months, over six months, which is how we like to look at it, uh, we, we do think it gives you some useful information over a period of time because it tells you how many people are being employed and where they're being employed. And so if you kind of think about gross domestic product, how many goods and services the country produces, uh, you kind of have to look at how many people are employed and what's their productivity. So I think it over a longer term, it has useful data, but over the short term, you're right, it's subject to massive revision. But it is a number, I guess, that from your perspective as a portfolio manager that you really do watch. Now, when we talk about the total return fund, the fixed income, your focus is more on uh, uh, managing money to produce income. So can I ask this question from from a, that perspective? Would the economy, and Jeremy, this might be a question that you're thinking too, because we had talked about this earlier, is the economy, David, do you really get caught up in what that jobs report's telling you in order to make decisions with what you're doing with total re- income? Well, uh, you know, I'll be honest, at Advantage, uh, we, we look first and foremost at a bottom-up approach. So we look at the individual securities we're buying, uh, for the relative uh, investment merit they have, and income generation is certainly a part of that. Uh, but, it, you know, bonds tend to do poorly when interest rates rise. So if we had a massive rise in interest rates, prices of bonds drop. Uh, and that's why we care about the employment number, because it, uh, if the economy gets too heated, Jim, uh, and wages start to go up too fast, we're likely to see inflation, which is usually bad for bonds. So that's one of the reasons we pay attention to the payroll number. Makes a lot of sense, Jeremy. Yeah, David, I, th- I think that's great. The news today is obviously good. We've had a lot of volatility here lately, and obviously with first quarter GDP, you know, coming out slow. What are your thoughts? Uh, are you, you know, what was the concern there for the recap kind of the first quarter GDP? Uh, within the first quarter, we were hoping everybody was hoping for some stronger results. Uh, you know, we're in a recovery now. The odd part is, is, as Jim's mentioned, things are subject to a lot of revisions, and first quarter GDP for a number of years has been weaker than subsequent quarters. So they're supposed to seasonally adjust this data, but second, third, and fourth quarter tend to be stronger than the first. It seems to be kind of a fluke. So we were hoping for stronger numbers, uh, but the good news was we did see an increase in personal income and personal savings. Uh, which is good. I think the main drag on first quarter GDP was probably our trade deficit with other nations. And that trade deficit, do you feel, well, I got two questions here. Since you mentioned the trade deficit, I guess I'm, I'm thinking trade deficit, is that because of the strong dollar in your mind? And number two, the first quarter, seem, you're right, is, historically it seems always to be dragging, and it really makes the 
second, third, and fourth quarter really have to be robust to make up the difference is everybody seems to say that's weather-related. I mean, it's always this thought about, well, we had a terrible winter or this or that. I mean, there's always an excuse. How do you feel about the excuses? I've read a lot about that, and I can mount an argument that that excuse is just that we don't come out of the chute fast. We never have, and we don't normally. But do you feel it is weather-related? Uh, I, I I agree with your statement that we were slow to get out of the chute. Uh, you know, I live in Minnesota, and I promise you one thing: winter comes every year, and it's no <laughs> surprise when it comes. So, so I think you're right. It seems that we're slow out of the chutes, uh, and then pick up some momentum as the year goes along. Uh, so I think you're right about that, Jim. Well, then talk about trade deficit. Is that because of the strong dollar? Yeah, the, the stronger dollar certainly, and, and we've talked about this in previous uh, calls. Strong dollar doesn't help. It makes uh, foreign goods look cheaper on a relative basis. So, if you, you know, if we're importing goods from Japan and China, uh, it, it's cheaper if we have a stronger dollar. So uh, that gives people room to lower prices and keep their profits the same abroad. So you're right about that. The second thing, Jim, was we had a labor slowdown in the West Coast ports. Right. And that got resolved. So there was, there, there was a backlog of goods that had to be shipped throughout the U.S., you know, David, I think Jeremy and I talk about this a lot with, with people that ask us this question. You know, sometimes we, we lose, Jeremy, this idea that we want a strong dollar. I mean, I I can remember when the euro was sailing, but, you know, in the early 2000, 2004, 5, 6, and the dollar was so weak and we just, you know, we couldn't trade. And now we have a strong dollar, and so everybody's pounding their chest and say, hey, the U.S. economy is strong dollar. But that makes it hard to make importing and exporting work. And so our trade deficit seems to get wider and wider. Jeremy, I mean, you talk about that with clients all the time because it's kind of a push-pull. Yeah, it's a constant push-pull. You know, we we never know which – it's positives and negatives both ways, exactly. right? So, you know, there's always – you're pounding your chest one day, the next moment, you go, well, maybe I'm not pounding my right, chest. Right. I, maybe, that's a, maybe that's not so good thing yeah. in, in certain situations. So having a strong dollar is good for certain reasons yep. in certain situations. Yeah, so, as an importer, it's a great reason. Absolutely. Yeah. But the exporting, it changes a lot of things from from corporation standpoint. Yeah, David, do you feel the same way that that strong dollar sometimes is a good, bad thing? I mean, Oh, I think you guys are unambiguously right, yes. Uh, <clears throat> it, it depends on your point of view, whether you view it as a good thing or a bad thing. And, and it, you know, don't want to get into a ton of details here. I like here, the way but, you said that, unambiguously. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, well, like Jeremy said, when, when we see companies reporting first quarter earnings, we've seen some companies that, that sell products outside the U.S. are reporting headwinds from the stronger dollars, so it's harder for them to sell products. Hmm. That's a good point. That's a, well, I guess the, the third thing that is so important in our news today, the euro seems to be still struggling. We've got the QE program, quantitative easing, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's the, the mindset there where they're looking at uh, making some contributions, buying a lot of bonds on a regular basis. But Greece seems to be hanging over our head. I mean, uh, it's still an issue. Uh, I mean, it is the biggest bailout in history. Uh, they're closer to bankruptcy than they've ever been. And, I mean, you know, I think we've got May May the 2nd. It was uh, 2010, so five years ago coming up is when they're, uh, I mean, they said, you know, we got to do this. And now I think they're into their final little 90-day extension. And, I mean, this was supposed to have been a three-year workout, and it hadn't worked. At least it doesn't appear to have worked. 
uh, it seems to be a bigger problem than it used to be. So I, I guess I'm I'm interested in your thoughts about Europe. Uh, is it performing? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Is the Eurozone? I got a ton of questions about the Eurozone. So start, David, and we'll go through that. Yes, sir. Uh, well, you, you know, there have been some signs of better economic data coming out of, you know, Spain. Is seems to be doing better. Right. Uh, but Greece, you're right, and I apologize to everybody who listens. We talk. I know we've talked about this in the past, and it, it seems kind of hard to understand how it could impact us. But they have that one currency, the euro. Uh, and the, the problem is if Greece were to leave the euro to take care of their debt situation, uh, there's really no mechanism for them to do that. And you've talked about volatility and uncertainty. If they were to leave the eurozone and say, hey, we've had enough, we can't pay our debts back in euros, we're going back to be in our own country and we're going to produce our own currency. Uh, it would create a lot of volatility, Jim, and it's hard to tell how contained that would be. It could impact. It definitely will impact European markets and most likely will impact the U.S. market also, if that were to happen. I guess that would be the idea whether or not would it be a um, an orderly move out of it or would it be a kick-out type move? Yeah, yeah I, 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 you know, honestly, don't. It's going to be tough to see how it could be an orderly move because if you're a Greek citizen, and we've already seen some of this, and you think that this may be coming down the pike, that you'd have to turn in your euros to get drachma, uh, you you might want to take your money out of the country so so you don't get the cheaper currency back. So people kind of get wind of this, uh, and it's possible that they could move their funds offshore out of Greece into another country that's more stable, uh, and you get a run on deposits. So it's if they really were to leave the eurozone, it's hard, Jim, to see how it would be orderly. Yeah, well, David made a good point at the beginning. He said, you know, obviously, listener, why would anybody care? Why do we care about right. Greece? Well, we talked about this uh, for the last, really, four or five years about Greece. Is about if it wasn't part of the euro, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. right. So if yes, not, you're, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. So moving out, being a part of it, it affects it. Right. So, you know, it's just like any, it's a member of the team type yeah, of thing. It's yeah. a weak link of the team. And so you have to address it, and they're trying to address it. And it well, seems like I, an I promise problem. you that most of us don't remember Argentina filing bankruptcy back in the early part of 2000. And the reality is they were not a part of the euro who really, you know, didn't lose a lot of sleep. Now, the Argentinians did, but they don't think about that because it didn't affect the world economy. But when somebody in the euro... Let me ask you this, David. If you think through that, I mean, will you kind of indicated that that could be a volatile impact uh, as far as the market is concerned, even the U.S. market. Uh, can you explain that to me? I think I would like to understand. I know our listeners would like. Why do you see that as really affecting us that much? Well, I, I think the issue becomes, uh, and this is only an opinion, at that point you have uh, somebody disorderly leave the euro, which we talked about, and it's not – Spain has a fair amount of debt. France has a fair amount of debt. Uh, Portugal has a lot of debt. So then you start looking around and you say, okay, if you lost that weak member on the team, if I can use Jeremy's analogy, then the question is, who's the next weak member on our team that may have to go? Hmm. Uh, And markets tend to anticipate, and people tend to draw conclusions about things. And I think the question would be, who would be next to go? And you mentioned the Latin American crisis when Argentina defaulted. But, but, I mean, that was like it did have an impact on the U.S. and the Treasury Department had to come up. You remember Brady Bonds, Jim? Oh, yeah, you're right. I do. Yeah. Yep. So 
so, so we did step in and stabilize Mexico. Yep. So I, I tend to think that, uh, I'll just go with Jeremy's analogy, you got rid of the weak member on the team, the question that I think the markets would jump to, well, we've got some other players that don't look that strong either. Do we have to get rid of more? That's a great right. point. Great point. Um, I guess my last question is China. I mean, everybody seems to say that China's slow growth, a slowing growth, and uh, that seems to be the indication in the last six years. Uh, it's, you know, what's uh, at the start of 2015, it looks like that we got some, again, some weaker key sectors. So what's your thoughts? Yes, sir. Uh, Chinese economic growth is slowing. And the reason people should care about this is if you think about commodities, uh, China's been the marginal demand for a lot of commodities in the, in the world, steel, uh, basic commodities, because they're building it, their economy up. So if, if the Chinese growth starts to slow, then we would expect that, you know, we have seen some weakness in commodity prices that, that could continue uh, His Chinese growth starts to slow. And, and then I guess for, so that's the major implication there for the markets is the marginal demand for a lot of products starts to slow down. Um, so, and you might even see some of that oil prices are tied to the dollar, they're tied to production, they're tied to a lot of things, but also China's a huge consumer of oil. Well, this is the type program. I mean, again, he's giving us information. David, you always do that for us. You bring some very technical thoughts into mind. We, we talked about the labor number. We've talked about uh, GDP recapping this first quarter, sluggish, and then Greece and China. Uh, David, in uh, about 30 seconds, what can you tell us? What are you thinking for the summer? Uh, and uh, what, do, what would you say to our listeners about uh, the economic part of, you know, what are you, what are you putting in your head every morning and thinking about for the next 90 to 180 days? Well, Jim, we think the economy uh, is, uh, is improving in the U.S. We think the domestic economy is reasonably strong, uh, and we're happy about that. We prefer to see stronger. We think the labor markets have rebounded nicely. Uh, we're, we're encouraged by home prices going up year over year. Uh, and then there's been some thawing in terms of credit available to consumers. So where credit was restrictive, it was hard to get a loan. It's getting easier to get a loan. So we're pretty optimistic between now and the end of the year that we'll probably the U.S. is likely to put in another year of solid economic growth, solid employment numbers, uh, decent wage gains. So that's not that's a pretty good situation to be in. Well, that, uh, that's good to hear, and I appreciate uh, you know you being with us this morning. And as always, man, I want to say thank you, and uh, have a great day, and uh, we'll talk to you again, sir. Yes, sir. You guys take care. Thank you, Jim. Uh-huh. Thanks, David. Very much so. Right. Well, again, everybody needs to know security investment advisory services are offered through Security and Financial Services, member of FINRA and SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated at Vanus Capital Management and Security and Financial Services are affiliates. And of course, investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less when when originally invested. Past performance will not be indicative of future performance. We have to say that all the time, don't we, Jeremy? Yes, we do. It's gal- <laughs> I'm glad you're saying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading it all the time. Hey, stay with us. we got two great guys coming up when we come back because we're going to talk about some beginning fundamentals of building the investment pyramid. It's for those people between 20 and 30. When do you get started? How do you get started? And who do you get started with? I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM. It's Friday morning. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM. We are talking this morning. We've been talking with David Land. We've kind of got an economic update, talked about the job report that's went out, of course. And to give me some information and kind of give you some insight into the economy for the summer, David did a great job, Jeremy, and I think one of the best things that he does, he does it in such a way that kind of makes things uh, could be complicated into a very easy-to-understand type of thought. Yeah, it's very it can be complicated when you're talking about economics and numbers, but just when you have data, what does it mean? And he does a great job explaining it. Absolutely. If you'd like to listen to that program, all you have to do is find us on iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial, and you can listen to that program again. Uh, like us on Facebook. And, uh, we appreciate you doing that. Next week, we've got Kurt Zarnowski. He is a regular on our program, and he is the uh, the president and CEO of Zarnowski Consulting Firm, uh, former, uh, I guess, uh, senior vice president with Social Security and regional director, and uh, he is a Social Security expert. So if you're looking for something to do next Friday, join us because we're going to be talking in detail about Social Security, which is always a great subject. We get a lot of people to listen to that program, and uh, it's always a program that you can gain a lot of information. Along with Jonathan McAllister, he is one of our advisors, and he'll be talking about disability insurance. And, of course, it ties right in with Social Security and what we try to do is building a foundation. The next part of this program is brought to you, of course, by Shoemaker Financial. And Josh Nix and Stanton Brown, two of our young advisors at Shoemaker Financial, uh, kind of our superstars, they're, uh, they're guys that are doing a great job with a young market. And, uh, Jeremy, you know, one of the things that we talk about is the building the investment pyramid, the fundamentals, and uh, they're going to get to help us understand what that means to that group of people between 20 and 30 years old that how do you get started and how do you jump through the hoops to make sure that you are building the fundamentals. But you've got a story that I think is so critical for our listening audience to understand that it is it is sometimes difficult to be disciplined to do the fundamentals. Yeah. I mean, it's the fundamentals are very difficult because everybody wants to think in their mind. There's one one track mind if they want to accomplish something, whether it's short term, long term, whatever it may be. But sometimes their short term gain is affecting their fundamentals. And one situation that I've seen uh, before is when a client's or an individual's talking about they want to invest and they want to buy a stock or something like that because it's fancy you know it's it's exciting it's about making money well there's a lot of risk associated with that but there's also the biggest risk to that is you haven't established you may not have established your fundamentals and in this situation this is a young person that has a wife two children at home and i was having a conversation with him and his first question was yeah you know i want to buy something i want to buy this stock i want to do this tell me some stocks that i should buy and I, <laughs> the first question I had for him was, I said, I know your wife, two kids at home, very young. I said, are you fundamentally, do you have enough life insurance if something happened to you today? If there was an accident and he's like, well, no, I haven't really thought about that. And I said, well, there's, you can't talk about the future or buying some stock that can't happen. We don't know what's going to happen with that stock short term without making sure we have the fundamentals of taking care of your family if you're not here tomorrow. Exactly. That's so critical. I mean, think about it. I mean, he wanted to jump way up the risk level without covering the fundamentals. Absolutely. Yeah. So these guys do a great job going out and educating people because there are a lot of moving parts to, you know, talking about your money and talking about the fundamentals, but there is kind of a process and there's a foundation that you've talked about, and they're going to talk a little bit more about that. 
Well, it's uh, Josh Nix and Stanton Brown, and they're registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, and that's a member of FINRA and SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated, and they're part, of course, of our organization. So, guys, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Jim. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Stan, let's start with you. And I want to go. When you do a program, tell me a little bit about what's, what do you start with? What do you mean when I say fundamentals? Well, at first, we do just want to establish where do I start? What are some things that I can do today? Because we know that they don't have a lot of money to work mm-hmm. with, but they do want to get into those bigger things. But just like Jeremy said, before we do that, we have to cover our bases and make sure that we can move forward because you no longer have that safety net that you did under your parents. So we have to have that emergency reserve just for the what ifs. So starting with an emergency reserve. So I guess, Josh, when you start with the fundamentals, can you help me see what that foundation is on a pyramid? I mean, I'm thinking of the pyramid downtown now, the Bass Pro Shop downtown. That's a huge, iconic thing that we look at every time. That's got a huge base, and it's a tall building. And so tell me, what when we think of a pyramid mentally, what is the base of a financial pyramid? The the base is the foundation that something is built upon. Okay, so start with the what we would use. We we would use you know covering the bases with life insurance, uh, disability insurance, health insurance, taking care of the debt. If we have a lot of debt, how do we take care of that? Maybe we we look at a debt snowball, Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course, again, you know, going along with the life insurance and and with the debt, making sure that we have an emergency emergency reserve set aside. In case of those emergencies, I'm a, I'm a fairly young guy. I'm, I'm 25 years old. I'm out here talking to the 20 to, to 30-year-old age group, and uh, we feel invincible. Uh, that That's just something, you know, young guys, you, you feel invincible, and, and you, you want to think about, hey, I want to think about retirement, but think about the bumps along the way. What's going to happen the next time your car breaks down? Yeah. Are you thinking about stocks at that point? Well, yeah, and he's talking about invincible too. At twenty five, you're not thinking about sixty five. You know, you're you're thinking about well, I got next year. Right. I got next right. year. I got oh, that I can do that in a couple of years. I want to do this now, and I'll I'll wait. I'll push off these other things that affect my future. But every year, you st- as I know, you start building up, and there's other things that come along with life. Past twenty five, right? I don't know uh, that yet. I yes, don't know yeah, that yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's coming. So you've educated yourself. You know you you feel it, but not everyone knows that. And so preparing for the unknown is very difficult. And so you have to go out and educate and prepare people for that. I think that's critical, and I think it's it's a really kind of a group of people, if not careful that the financial planning industry could almost drop right off the map and say, well, when they get some money, I'll talk to them. But you guys are really focused on that. Let me remind everybody, if you would like these guys to speak to your organization, whether it's a church, I know you guys have spoken a lot of churches, you've spoken a lot of colleges and, and around the classrooms and to that graduating or that, that you know, the ones that are in the graduate programs, uh, to clubs. And, and, you know, and, and I think that is so important for you guys to, to take your message to this young group of people 
and uh, and help them understand that there are some fundamentals that they have to start. And instead of being like Jeremy's uh, person friend that was saying, I want to buy stocks, and he hadn't even taken care of the fundamental with his two children should something happen to him. So that's a critical thing. When we come back, I want to really zero in on what you guys are finding are the number one questions that this group of people are asking you. I, I think it's so important. We're going to talk about that. So if you're listening in, just uh, stay with us. Josh Nick, Stanton Brown, we're going to talk about what are some of the issues, what are some of the questions that people ask when they're talking about money matters. So you're listening to Talk Money on Friday morning. I'm Jim Schumacher along with Jeremy Jones. We'll be right back after this. When Nazi Germany achieved a surprise victory over France in 1940, an alarmed President Roosevelt immediately began expanding national defense industries at a breathtaking rate, which greatly altered the face of the Mid-South. Within a year, two major defense industries were operating in Shelby County. Memphis became the U.S. 2nd Army Headquarters, where training for the half-million soldiers stationed in Tennessee was conducted. The nation's only inland naval base was established in Millington. Workers were hired wherever they could be found, and local factories were retooled for wartime production. During the war, the Ford plant was used to make airplane engines, Quaker Oats manufactured synthetic rubber, and Firestone produced rubber life rafts. Of the 40,000 men and women from Shelby County who served in our armed forces during World War II, 662 were either killed or missing in action. Among those who served, African Americans from the Mid-South fought with exceptional bravery and honor and contributed in countless ways to the defeat of Germany and Japan. One African American from Memphis who served with distinction was Captain Luke Weathers, who flew with the famed Tuskegee Airmen and shot down seven enemy planes. Weathers once said of Memphis before he died that this is a city that has its feet in the Mississippi, its souls in the churches, and its minds up in the blue sky with God. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. We're talking with Josh Nix and Stanton Brown. We're talking about money matters and how it affects young people between the ages of 20 and 30 and, and, and kind of getting that insight into how do you build a fundamental investment or financial pyramid, the, starting with the bases, as Josh had mentioned earlier, uh, the, the insurances, the life and the disability, the health insurance, the car insurance, all those little things that you think about that, well, i got to buy, but boy, we have a tendency sometimes not to buy at all, and you get into a problem. And if you like this program, you can like us on Facebook, find us on iTunes, and search for Shoemaker Financial. And this program you can come back and listen to later. And uh, and send it to someone. Make sure that they listen to it. So if you happen to have that young person and you know maybe they're not quite doing financially what they should be doing, uh, then you can use this program to kind of help educate them, help them educate them. And these guys are in the educating mode. If you'd like to have them talk at your church or your college or university uh, or in a club, just feel free to give us a call at the office at 757-5757. Ask for Josh or Stanton, and they will be glad to schedule a time. And you guys do this a lot. I mean, you're doing this quite often where you're talking to a group of people, 20 to 30, and you're educating them. So right. I know yeah. this, Josh, when you start that this, uh, you know, the question comes back to you. Okay, I've heard you. You educated us. 
But the question is, how do I get started? And that, right. that to me, is the number one question. Uh, it is. I mean, it is the – when I, I think of from my standpoint, before I became a financial advisor, I didn't have a financial advisor. Mm. And uh, I was in that large majority of young people. was like, I have no clue where to even begin this, how to start. I mean, I, I don't even know the – not not only the answers, but what questions do I need to be answering in the first place? And and so it really depends on your financial goals uh, first. And and either you either you know what you need to do, and you just maybe you just need some assistance, or your guidance. Like, you're talking right, about right, yeah. right. Some guidance, or you're like me. I had no clue. I had no clue where to begin, where to start, what to think about. And then in that either case, uh, we're going to come in and we're going to sit down with you one-on-one at Shoemaker Financial, and we're going to ask you those right questions and, and get answers from you. And again, this is your financial plan. Mm. This is your financial future. It's not me. It's not based on my goals. It's based on your goals. And that's what we focus on. But of course, you know the, the basics of that, again, goes back to that a savings account, the emergency reserve. You know, We think about that and we think... Yeah, save money, set it aside. But if I see something really nice that I like, hey, I have a savings account. <laughs> so yeah, let me just go ahead and, and pull 60, some money out of savings account. It's right. Super Bowl Sunday, 60-inch television. Exactly. I got it. Exactly. So, you know, we want to educate people about don't just use that as a fun fund, yeah. right? We want to see what exactly is emergency fund. And Stanton was talking about that earlier. So, Stanton, how do you define emergency fund? What does that mean? Yeah, we really do have to sit down and talk with somebody and define it because it's very easy to just be able to, oh, I have some money. I can pull from there. But you just understand that that money is for the what is if the car breaks down, if the washing machine breaks. Okay, is that that three months, six months, a year? We recommend just three to six months of income because, I mean, what if you lose your job? That's a good 90 days for you to find another one. Or if something else happens, a good amount of time that you don't have to worry about the bills. But truly, it comes down to just there's a number everybody has that you are comfortable with. If I wake up in the morning, I have this in an account. I feel safe and secure to move forward. All right, guys, I'm going to ask you a tough question. And one that you have not been rehearsing. So uh, just get ready for this. So right? excited. <laughs> well, you know, here it goes. I prepared this, you that he was going to do there, that. There's this mindset today that we talk about fundamentals. We talk about what you guys are talking about. And I think mm. I think it is so important. But there's also this mindset that maybe this 20 to 30-year-old group can say, okay, um, you know, the washing machine broke down at the apartment or at the house I bought or something, or I've lost my job, and I will do what normally this group runs back to mom and daddy. How do you yeah. educate them past that? How do you get them? Is there? Do you find that as an issue, that that's something that happens? Or what do you talk about when you guys are dealing with that? Yeah, I think I think kids, you know, that that we are talking to, our audience – I think they're still very dependent upon their parents. Yeah. And and it is it is coaching them and talking them, you know, maybe not necessarily becoming fully, you know, jumping from complete dependence to complete independence. Yeah. Right? I don't think that that's the right approach, you know, throwing someone in head first, but coaching them along the basics, maybe I can pay, you know, maybe I can pay this much on this bill this month okay. and and pull that, you know, pulling just starting to pull away a little bit more from our parents more and more. 
I think that's huge, and I think that's where you guys are, are meeting a, a niche there, where you're helping people make some financial decisions. Uh, I'm sure parents are applauding you, and uh, that's probably <laughs> yeah. a big deal. Yeah, I think part of it too is t- they both talked about the foundation and emergency reserves. The hard thing for young people too is what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? Oh, and so tough. having that conversation with someone to to bring out those disturbing questions and ask the questions that you, young people haven't thought about. You know, where is it you want to be five years from now? You know, to make you think. That's what's hard. You know, a lot of times it, in the 20s, you're not thinking. You're just thinking about what's tomorrow. Okay, i right. got to go to work tomorrow. You know, you're just getting started in a job, in a career. But thinking about the future, thinking about what I need to do. So having someone to ask those questions, to to get them to start thinking, helps them understand what they need to do to create their their future. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right on track. When we come back, I want to start, Stanton, I want to ask you about, because I know the next question, it's not only what do you do to get started. Everybody wants to invest. And as, as Jeremy led with the program, that sometimes investing is not the first thing that they ought to be doing. So I want to talk about that. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk Money. And I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. Our guest is Josh Nix and Stanton Brown. And if you like this program, find it on iTunes. Just simply go to iTunes, search for Shoemaker Financial. And it's Money Matters. It's just that fundamental questions that 20-year-old, 30-year-olds talk about, ask, and question. And I like what Josh said. This is not taking and throwing them head first in the financial independence. It's, it's gradually moving that 20 to 30 year old into financial independence. Well, that's great. That's a great thought. Stay with us. We'll be right back after news, weather, and of course, a little bit of traffic. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. Welcome back. My guest today is Josh Nix and Stanton Brown, along with Jeremy Jones, of course, is the co-host. And we're talking about money matters with that young couples and young singles and individuals, those graduating from college, 20 to 30 years olds, and these guys are right in the middle of them. Uh, you guys are, are that age, and uh, you're both single. And uh, you're both in, you know, involved, and so you're right there. You understand the problems and what's going on. And, and, and am I right on that? Aren't you? Yeah. Well, no, actually, I'll be getting married in you October. You get married, in October. <laughs> and if you, if, yeah, yeah, I'm still single. If, Jordan, Jordan is <laughs> listening to this right now, and she's going, she's, "Really? Yeah. You're single? Uh, he will be yeah. after the show." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I knew you wasn't married yet. But Not I mean, married yet. He's going to need to come visit with you because his on, plans on have changed <laughs> on the way. <laughs> That's okay, Jim. That's okay. Uh, well, hey, guys, just a live radio, and I yeah. got to remember that. Okay, my fault. But, okay, let's start with you, Stan, because here's the question a lot of people ask is, what should I invest in first? And I know – that's a question that, you know, it's hard because everybody thinks that's the that's what I need to be doing. How do you help them through that? 
Well, there is some things that they can invest in right now. It's first yourself, but you have a job. You have an employer-sponsored plan. Invest in that, but not only just sign down the document. Talk about it. When they sit down, they have to talk with you about what it is. Do they match? What do I have to contribute to get that match? Mm. And what are my options? How aggressive or conservative do I have to be or do I want to be with that with that plan? And so those are some of the first things you really should take advantage of as you're getting into it. Very good. I think the, uh, you know, talking about 401k, that's really a good foundation to get started when you're talking about investing, a disciplined approach. So, you know, when you're talking about how do I get started on saving for the future, 401k, when you work in, if your employer has a retirement plan, just where you can start the discipline to where out of your paycheck, it's automatically being saved. That's a great thing to do. Let me ask you this question. I want to go to Josh with this. And, uh, you know, Josh, one of the things that a lot of people ask is, how do you guys get paid? I mean, how do, is it free? How do you work with someone? So kind of walk me through that process, because I'm sure that's on everybody's mind. You guys are professionals. You're investment advisor representatives. You know it. You're fiduciaries. You guys are good at what you do. So how much does it cost? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, That that is... The question at the end of those seminars, everybody's like, great, this is awesome. I absolutely need a financial advisor, but I can't afford can't one of you guys. You, right. right. And, and uh, we, we're, we're very upfront and honest with all of our clients, as we should be as uh, financial advisors. But we, we don't charge to have a one-on-one sit-down with clients. We don't charge to have uh, any meetings with our clients. The way we get paid is, is one of three ways. And the first way is, okay, I need a financial plan. And, and if you need a financial plan, we walk you through that process and we do charge a fee for our financial plans. Uh, we sit down with you, you, we walk you through everything, every single step, things that you need to do, recommendations. And then the second way that we get paid is through products. So, okay, you need life insurance uh, or you need uh, this, this uh, independent account, this separate account over here. We get paid commissions based on the products that we service for you. We don't have proprietary products. That is one good thing about Shoemaker Financial. Right. No proprietary products. And, and the third and final way that we get paid is the most important through referrals. If we do a good job, we sit down with you. Uh, we help you achieve your goals. We want you to not keep us a secret. Well, you know, you guys do a great job with that. And uh, I want to make sure Jordan knows that we are not dropping her <laughs> off the deal here and because uh, I need to be able to go to the lunch this afternoon. I hope she shows I'm, up. I'm pretty and, sure uh, my, my phone may already be blowing up, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of it. You've been listening to Talk Money, Josh Nixon, Stanton Brown. They're available if you'd like to have them on your church, at your church or your college or club to speak about money matters to those young people. They can definitely do that. This has been a great program, Jeremy been excellent excellent I, this is i'm passionate about the fundamentals and the foundation of financial planning you know so. and it's uh, it's great to be a part of a program that really is teaching of course our producer and board operator art frederick guest and content coordination by francis fordner production assistants eleanor moskovich and katie brashear mid-south history moment rebecca brazier it's read by rebecca and of course written by drew johnson i'm jim shoemaker along with jeremy jones thank you so much stay with us we'll be back next week we're helping you make the most of your money Money, 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 money. 
Jim Shoemaker, Jeremy Jones, Josh Nix, and Stanton Brown are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by as research or investment advice, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. The Standard Poor's 500 or S&P 500 is an unmanaged group of securities considered to be representative of the stock market in general. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax and or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult with your tax and or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Advantis Capital Management and Securian Financial Services Incorporated are affiliates.